1: Talk Radio. Welcome to those of you who might have uh, just joined us. If you have, we are coming to the end of the third phase of the Arcane School Conference. Welcome back to everyone else. We are working now with the um, final of uh, the three spiritual festivals, The full moon of Gemini will be in about three hours, 7.13 tonight. So we are working in the flood tide of spiritual energy. We come not only to the close of our weekend's work, but of the whole threefold cycle of the annual Arcane School Conference and of the three spiritual festivals, which began with the festival of Easter So this is very much a moment of culmination and of release of energies. The Full Moon of Gemini is a festival that has a number of different names. It's called the Christ Festival because on this day, the Christ acts as the releasing agent of the powerful Shambhala force, the pure energy of the spiritual will, which is brought by the Buddha at the festival of Vesak on the full moon of Taurus. Then, together with the seven groups of masters representing the seven great ashrams and who act as distributing agents, this force is let loose upon humanity, to use the Tibetan's words, let loose upon the humanity. The energy of the spiritual will, we're told, can only be wielded correctly by a group of souls. And that means that our opportunity for service as a group today is especially uh, powerful and full of potential. It also means that another name for the festival of the June full moon, the festival of unification, has within it a great deal of potential and of significance. We have a mantra of unification, which many of us are familiar with. take a moment to silently affirm our unity with all who are working in group meditation today as we are throughout the world and then say together the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve, and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let love prevail, let all men love. The Shambhala force, the pure energy of the spiritual will brought by the Buddha at Wesak and held in custody by the Christ until this moment, the Shambhala force is essentially the dynamic incentive at the heart of every form, every form, not just human and hierarchical, but animal, vegetable, and mineral too down to the tiniest atom of matter, imbued or endowed with dynamic, propelling life at its very core. So the Gemini Festival is about the quickening and vivifying of all forms. And that's why the forces of reconstruction are mobilized at this festival. Their task, we're told, is to bring into manifestation the forces of restoration at Easter and of enlightenment at Vaisak, and to make these manifest and tangibly apparent in the world. It should come as no surprise to esotericists that the reconstruction of the world begins with the transformation of human consciousness. All lasting change occurs a change in consciousness. Be therefore transformed by the renewing of your minds," Saint Paul said. It's the will of God to produce certain radical and momentous changes in human consciousness which will completely alter man's attitude towards life," the Tibetan said. And the magnitude of this transformation of consciousness requires the steady impact of the spiritual will to good brought about by the Buddha each year at Vesak and released into humanity at the Christ Festival. This steady rhythmic impact of spiritual energy has been underway for some 80 or 85 years now. And perhaps there will come a time, perhaps not in the so distant future, when human will will be so habitually synchronized, so aligned with the will of God, that this annual impact will not be so necessary. To appreciate the opportunity of the present moment, it's helpful to consider the sweep of the plan as it's viewed or understood by the ageless wisdom. Our sense of time as humanity's, View is so different from that of the masters that it can be quite expanding to understand or try to imagine the perspective of the sweep of history through the eyes of the masters. We're told that the present cycle that we are living through was set in motion some 600 years ago when changes in the requirements for initiation were launched in about the year 1425. the decision of the masters at that time. That period was the beginning of a cycle governed by the third ray, which is a long cycle that is still with us, still in effect. The third ray, as we know, is the divine energy of intelligence. It's an energy that permeates not only human beings, but even the tiniest atom of substance with a kind of consciousness, with a kind of intelligence on its own level, but which is most notable and creative, and I suppose we could say most dangerous, on the human level. It's pointed out in the books of Alice Bailey that the energies of disciples and aspirants who are particularly responsive to the third ray of intelligence and the fifth ray of knowledge are... Turn toward the work of expanding human consciousness. And that's what the focus of the last 600 years has been, the expanding of human consciousness. The plan moves forward incrementally through human recognition and response. So to see its sweep, we have to adapt the long range view of the hierarchy something that's very, very difficult in this age of instant messaging and twittering. But about the year fourteen hundred, we're told, hierarchy faced what the Tibetan calls a complete exterioration of spiritual truth. What an interesting word, exterior exterioration, which I gather means a an outward manifestation of spiritual truth that had become almost completely concretized, objective, and lacking the inner subjective component. Then, hierarchy met in conclave in about the year 1500, we're told, to determine how the urge to integration could be hastened in humanity, and what steps might be taken to foster synthesis and unification in the world of thought, because that's where all change has to begin. And we're told when the world of thought is unified, then the outer world will fall into a synthetic order. The Shambhala force is that driving power behind federation and synthesis. And we're told that a history of the trend toward fusion which show the first faint indications began to appear around the year 1575, as a result of the decision made by the hierarchy in their Centennial Conference that was held in 1425. The first great demonstration of the spirit of fusion is said to have taken place in the 18th and 19th centuries. So this timing to our minds might seem incredibly slow. We think 10 years is awfully long. But in fact, it's pointed out that human response to this impact has been such that the Tibetan says we're actually way ahead of schedule. We are doing better than we thought. Hierarchy has had to adjust its plans and move their timing up a bit due to the unexpected readiness of humanity for transformation. So there we are. The period leading up to 2025 is a period for hierarchical planning which will lead to the consummation of the larger purpose of the planetary logos, a purpose which can only dimly be understood as leading to a great awakening in humanity which hadn't been considered possible until the age of Capricorn, which will occur some 2,000 years from now, perhaps 2,300, 2,500 years from now. So we have jumped ahead of schedule considerably. But we also need to remember that this sweep of the plan isn't just about us. It isn't just about humanity by any means. The hierarchy's plans and those of the planetary logos hinge upon humanity's capacity to wake up to its responsibilities. Decisions on many levels have to be made, choices which will have the power to alter the course of events on our planet and which will affect the lives of all that lives upon it, not only human but animal, vegetable and mineral. The decisive nature of this moment in time means that a crisis point is being reached and it's this culmination that may foster a sense of alarm, even panic, in those who don't have some knowledge of the plan and of how a transformation of consciousness occurs. Our conference and festivals keynote expresses what the correct response of disciples and aspirants the present moment should be. Let the group stand with the new group of world servers as a great army of implacable spiritual will in a time of decision. Some of the alarm that might be sensed centers on the shattering of old forms, which we witness today. Old established institutions are under assault long-cherished ideals are being shattered, and values traditionally accepted are being questioned and replaced, or more frequently discarded without a replacement, leading to a sense of loss that's widely felt. Perhaps this is most visible on the level of nations, of whole societies. For the forces of reconstruction which are released at Gemini are most effective in terms of nations. The self-centered nationalistic concern with maintaining sovereignty, which is the natural time-honored expression of national consciousness, is under assault from the forces of globalization, which have no respect for national borders when it comes to international crime, money laundering, or the forces of the marketplace. These forces of reconstruction, we're told, can increase the self-will of a nation or the will to synthesis. Such is the decision which the nations of the world are facing now in a multitude of ways and with varying degrees of success, we could say. How well they will fare depends upon the response of their governments and of the public consciousness of each society. Not all will come through unscathed, and that's where the new group of world servers can make a difference, for they play a powerful role in molding public consciousness. I often think of the Tibetan statement that it is the task of the new group of world servers to evoke the soul ray of their nation. It's so much easier to focus on the personalities within ourselves, within our fellow human beings, within nations, and judge and find them wanting. That the task really is to evoke the soul ray of the nations. People of goodwill might ask, why doesn't the hierarchy just intervene in a nation like Zimbabwe or Burma or perhaps our own? Well, because it is humanity which determines its own fate. And here we come upon another name for this festival of Gemini. It's called the Festival of Humanity. The potent energy of the spiritual will which is the will to good of the whole, in combination with the assistance of the two greatest human divine avatars humanity has yet produced, the Buddha and the Christ, together with the influence of Gemini, which carries the second ray energy of love, wisdom, and which gives a sense of the dual nature of the human being as being both human and divine all combined to empower humanity to decide rightly as it works out its own fate. The intention of hierarchy is that humanity's consciousness will be raised and expanded so that human beings will be able to discover the spiritual values for themselves and make the needed changes of their own free will. And we can see this, I think, working out through the global financial crisis. Humanity as the fourth or mediating middle kingdom is intended under the divine plan to act as a distributing agency for spiritual energy from the higher superhuman kingdoms to the lower subhuman kingdoms, animal, vegetable, and mineral. So we can see how much is riding on us and how significant the environmental crisis is in fulfilling or curtailing the evolution of all the lives that share our planet. The key word is share. For not only does human health depend upon right sharing and distribution throughout the physical etheric vehicle, but sharing and distribution are critical to the health of humanity as a whole, and to the planet itself. This is why the Tibetan calls money the medium of loving distribution, rather than its more popular designation as the medium of selfish hoarding. Money carries the need to share right down to the mineral kingdom, with consequences that affect all the kingdoms above it. And that is what we are working out in the world today, is it not? Distribution is the key to the world's health. But this is an absolutely crucial realization for humanity to grasp. Is verified in the whole span of the age of Pisces, which was inaugurated by the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, when the sign Virgo was on the horizon, Virgo being depicted as a woman holding a shaft of wheat in her arms. And Christ's final teaching to his disciples at the First Communion, just before his death, was to tell them to look for the water bearer, the symbol of Aquarius, who would come bearing the waters of life for humanity. So the present financial crisis and the environmental crisis, too, with its roots in the failure to distribute and share freely, has been 2,000 years in the making. This is indeed a time of decision. Neither the Christ nor the hierarchy may take any step vitally affecting humanity unless released into this activity by humanity itself, the Tibetan said. Neither the Christ nor the hierarchy may take any step vitally affecting humanity unless released into this activity by humanity itself. The final decisions in world affairs, he said, must be mankind's deliberate choice. So how can we help? The spirit of invocation needs evoking from within the larger humanity and aspirants and disciples everywhere can aid this. Man is free to choose the way that he shall go, we're told. And this touches upon the significance of the Great Invocation, which was released for humanity's use some 64 years ago on the full moon of Gemini in 1945, and which has been founded worldwide in many languages since 1952, as World Invocation Day, which we are also celebrating worldwide today. The Great Invocation invokes the three divine aspects, light, love and power, for human use. But humanity must aspire to these divine aspects, must long for and ask for light and love and power rather than hierarchy simply determining that these powerful energies would be good for us and then giving them to us. We have to want them and we have to invoke them through sheer recognition of need, desperate need. The theme of the coming world religion will be draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's the essence of invocation and evocation. The twelve spiritual festivals as a whole constitute we're told a revelation of divinity and they present a means of bringing about relationship. The basic pattern of this whole secondary solar system which we're told is that of relationship. And the science of invocation and evocation concerns the establishing of relationship. On every level of existence, from the tiniest atom on up to the logos himself, evolution occurs through the response of the life within the form, on whatever level that form is found, the response of the life within that form to the pull of the greater sphere in which that form exists. This is the basis of invocation, evocation. Positive in regard to its own form, negative in regard to the greater sphere in which it lives and increasingly responds to. As that indwelling life within the form wakes up to, responds to the pull of the greater sphere, it breaks free of the limiting parameters and merges with that greater life. It seeks a new center, you could say. The 12 spiritual festivals draw upon this fact of evolution to awaken the spiritual will to good in the whole of humanity. The three major spiritual festivals which we are just completing today foster relationship between the three great planetary centers, Shambhala, Hierarchy, and humanity, and the nine lesser festivals, which will continue throughout the coming year, emphasize the relation of the part to the whole. Gradually, ever so slowly to the human perspective, but unexpectedly rapid in the judgment of hierarchy, humanity is awakening to its interrelationship, to each other, to the hierarchy, and to the planet. I would remind you of the integrity and solidarity of the human family, the Tibetan said. It is this integrity which is emerging in human consciousness, he said. And this may be why someone like President Obama can ignite the aspiration of Americans, of all races and backgrounds, when he tells them we are one people, out of many, one. The Tibetan said, The hierarchy stands. We are called by our conference keynote to stand with the new group of world servers as a great army of implacable spiritual will in a time of decision. So, as we work in meditation, let us listen for the keynote that's being sounded at this time. A keynote or a sound preceded the inflow, inflow of energies at sack energies which are now released at the Christ's Festival. The climaxing sound is the Christ's pronouncing of the invocation, prefacing each stanza with its own keynote. We cannot know what these notes are, but we're told that if a very large number of the new group of world servers were brought together their united Aum, might approximate the appropriate keynote. So let's hold that thought in mind as we go into meditation for the final time over this conference and period of three spiritual festivals, remembering that the Aum, rightly sounded, releases the soul from the realm of glamour and enchantment. It's the sound of liberation the great note of resurrection. So let us work in our meditation, trying to visualize as we work the flow of energy that is pouring through the group channel we have worked to create. Using our creative imagination, we can visualize this channel as one that is set in motion through the affirmation of our group fusion, not only with our fellow co-workers here in this room, but worldwide working in meditation as we are. And then, using our imagination, we visualize the alignment that we create. All great creative work begins with alignment. Great musicians and singers know this. Meditators do too. We align align ourselves with the new group of world servers, with the planetary heart center hierarchy, and the Christ at the heart of hierarchy. And we align ourselves with Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. And thus we are able to draw upon and receive those forces pouring through the group channel. And then in the higher interlude, using the contemplative mind, we receive, or perhaps register, is a better word, the in-pouring energies, visualizing the triangle created by Shambhala, hierarchy and humanity, coming into greater alignment and interplay. And then in meditation, we draw upon creative the creative use of our mind, our experience as human beings, our understanding of the plan, to develop the seed thought for our meditation, which is let the group stand with the new group of world servers as a great army of implacable spiritual will in a time of decision. In the stage of precipitation, Again, using the creative imagination, we visualize the flow of divine love throughout the world, touching every plane of existence from the very highest to the lowest. All is permeated with divine love. And we affirm that love through the affirmation of love. And then consider how these energies are establishing the pathway of light for the reappearance of the Christ, the world teacher. And finally, on this third and final of the three spiritual festivals, the energies are released through the group channel into human consciousness, where they can work throughout the coming year in furtherance of the plan. So let us affirm our group fusion. And encourage them alignment. Thank Mm-hmm. invitation. Precipitation. The lower interlude. Refocusing the consciousness. We sound the affirmation of love. In the center of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. distribution, working with the five planetary inlets, London, Darjeeling, New York, Tokyo, Geneva. We sound the great invocation releasing light and love and power into our planetary life. From the point of light, May Christ return to earth. From the center, where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center, which we call the race of men. Let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, friends. What a gift it was to share that meditation together. Thank you so much. And thank you, all of you, for coming and participating in this work together. It means so much to my co-workers at headquarters that you show up so faithfully, contribute so much, and for many of you make such a sacrifice to be here. Thank you. We deeply, deeply appreciate it. And we never ever take it for granted. We really appreciate it. So thank you, and have a safe trip home. Seven thirteen tonight. Remember, wake up. We'll be together. Goodbye.